What's up, bros? What's up, bros? Welcome to Bro Meets World. When it's Bro Meets World. You're a Bro Meets World fan cast. I'm Siege. And I am Tony Curtis. And, uh, yeah. Are you ready for another episode? You know what? I was ready for another episode, but I don't know how I feel about this episode. You Just and I disagree on this episode. I like this episode. I... I don't know. I you know what? It's not that it's a bad episode. It's just again, you have to compare it to the rest of the Boy Meets World episodes, not you the rest have of to television. Cor- you have to compare it to it. I <laughs> am comparing it right now to the past six episodes that we've seen so far. Yeah. That's yeah. what I am doing. And <sighs> I like this episode. But I mean, we can get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it because there is there are things I like about the episode, but I just think it's kind of sloppy. But, you know, we'll get okay, it. Okay, we'll yeah. It. All right, so for those who don't know, this is episode seven in season one called Grandma Was a Rolling Stone. And, uh, yeah, the let's get into our segment, Tell Me About It. And the tell me about it for this is Corey learns a lesson in grandmotherly love. I don't think that's 100% accurate. I agree. I, you know what? The one thing that I will give this, and it's like one of my biggest notes in this episode, they're not wrong when they're like, Corey learns a lesson. <laughs> like, the, this is a family-centered episode, and everyone gets something but Corey. Like, and it's like, what was the purpose yeah. of that? Why did they leave just Corey out? Like, if you're going to make the grandmother unreliable, make her an unreliable character. But, like, to single Corey out feels Maybe it's weird. just because it's that... I'm, and I'm sorry, I, uh, maybe it's that idea that the middle child always feels forgotten about. Yeah. So because the show is about Corey as a middle child, that's the reason why he's kind of excluded in this episode. I figured that that would be your response. I honestly did. <laughs> no, I just, it's like, it's a very easy and obvious choice, but I'm like, that's where it doesn't work for me. It's just like... Uh, oh, no, I do agree. As a viewer, I'm watching it, and I was just like, Morgan got what she wanted, Eric got what he wanted, what's good, Grandma? Yeah, exactly, and it's just like, a, they don't even specifically call out that it's a middle child thing. If they had done that, then maybe yeah. I would have liked it a little bit more. My my central beef with this Hulu description, Corey learns a lesson in grandmotherly love, but it doesn't seem like the grandmother really loves Corey that much. So like he <laughs> learned that his grandma's kind of shitty at being a grandma. Well, I'm not going to disagree with that. She's definitely not the best grandmother, but um, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So before we do that, let's get into the episode. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. So our opening scene, um, boys, Corey and Sean um, are working in Feeney's yard, picking up snails, for their fishing trip on Sunday with Alan. Um, and then you pointed out that, yeah, there's no third seat kid. There's no third seat kid, which I love. It's just Corey and Sean being Corey and Sean. We just, we're just having the meat, none of the fat. Love it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And then, uh, so they're picking up s- snails for uh, the fishing trip, but Alan points out that fish don't eat snails. And uh, it's kind of like a little fun. We get to see Feeney manipulating the kids a little bit. Yeah, which which I really loved because the kids are always trying to pull things on Feeney. So it was really nice to see that role reversal and see him try to pull one on them for once. Yeah, and then I also noticed that in this opening scene, um, immediately our chemistry is back. Like, the whole cast works. And- yes. You know why? It's just because there's no just, like, Lenny's or, like, fourth seat kids or anyone else who, like, just kind of takes up space. It was just the core cast being great at what they do we are really getting to the area now where everyone has a role to play everyone has uh someone to play off of and i'm really really enjoying it you know what the only thing main takeaway from this episode i feel and we'll obviously get into it a little bit more um is eric because i felt that everyone else kind of felt a little flat but eric really shined in this yeah you know we're gonna get we're gonna get there but uh yeah alan is uh trying to show the boys how to fish he's a little bit rusty and uh of course you have a a note here well i he does like the a one o'clock Four o'clock. And it just kind of reminds me of the perfect cast from a movie. Like, I couldn't take it really that seriously. 
Yeah, no, I like it. <laughs> um, and the Goofy movie is a really good uh, pinpoint to... I, was, I don't fish, so I don't know of any other way to teach someone how to do a a, a cast. So I'm glad I, that's you, all I think of. I'm glad you said that because I was going to be like, "Have you fished?" Fishing was such a, a thing. Like I, we fished um, in Boy Scouts when I was like a Boy Scout, um, and that was like the only time I did it this way. Um, I went like deep sea fishing when I got older, but like yeah, this classic fishing. It's so. I don't know. It's very um, Andy Griffith. It's very like a TV father son. It, yeah, it's it's a trope. Yeah, it's yeah, trope. it is. Yeah, <laughs> the fishing trip. Um, so uh, I, you know, I like it. But uh, anyway, um, Feeny is like Feeny has to give it a try, and he's a natural. He, of course, is better at it than Alan is apparently. And we go into um, this like Feeny being like his old little old man fishing story. And Corey and Alan are humoring him. So Eric is coming because he's into girls. And then uh, Alan says that one day Corey will discover girls and then he'll take Morgan. And then after Morgan, he's just going to be an old guy telling fishing stories, kind of like Feeney. <laughs> and then they both roll their eyes like like it's the most like it's the worst case scenario to become like Feeney. And then just. I don't know, like between this episode and the few other interactions I've seen between Feeney and Alan up until this point, it seems like they do respect each other, but Alan doesn't really like Feeney. And you know, I'm honestly, I don't think that he would have to, you know what I mean? What does Alan do where Feeney would have to be a consistent in his life? Alan's always at work, if anything. Alan's always yeah, at I guess work. That's true. There's no real need for him to interact with Mr. Feeney. I think, as you said, the respect is there, but Feeney and Alan don't like go out for beers after like the uh, weekend or anything like that. They're not in the same age group. I don't really see them having a lot in common. Sure. Yeah. But I do like that you pointed that out because you're right. Up until right now, Alan and Feeney don't really have a, a connection. Yeah, it just doesn't even seem like they've had like a, a little joke exchange or, or anything. It just seems like it's always about Corey that they're talking to each other. But again, with the exception of property line, that's all they share. That's like their only connection. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. You're right. <laughs> so uh, Morgan and Eric are on the couch. And uh, sorry, this is after the theme song. We did our theme song. Stupid theme song. (laughs) You will be fine with this theme song. I promise you. Oh, man, I can't wait. All right. um, Morgan and Eric are on the couch and we have Eric training Morgan in a way to uh, kind of like a parrot. It's very much like a she says this line. Hi, this is my brother, Eric. He's very shy. Um, kind of like a cute, a little adorable thing. And then he feeds her a treat. Um, is, is this problematic? I can't tell. <laughs> well, what I felt when watching this was, one, I really liked that Morgan and Eric were together because I thought they had really great chemistry in the parts uh, from the last episode uh, that, that they had t- together. What what was that? Was that the last one that they got the Halloween costume? Yeah, yeah, it was. And I agree with you. I kind of made note in... They do it in the couple of episodes coming up where that is Morgan's um, place. Morgan is currently Eric's antagonist. As we put that. um, Yeah. Okay. Minkus is to Corey. Morgan is to Eric. And it's very, very much. She's always kind of like the foil to his plan. I, yeah, that is true. Like, there's times where he wants to, like, go on a date and is like, no, you have to babysit your sister, things like that. So, sure. Yeah, I get yeah, that. Very much. Like, Morgan just becomes, like, this person who's constantly interfering with Eric wanting to be the cool older kid. Um, yeah, totally. And, and that's what I, I, I've seen. Um, but that's really good because, that again, we get this balance of characters where it's like, a, this is your foil, this is your foil, um, you know, alliances and all those things are, are well coming. and as we as as the show grows we learn that feeney is a far better foil for eric which means that morgan just needs to disappear which is exactly what you happens. know what again i will I, again we are putting it in the jar that is one point for the jar ah, <laughs> the spoiler I can't jar. Help it. i'm sorry <laughs> but anyway um while they're doing this we um sorry 
Amy comes in and the the Amy says that she thinks it's a great way for them to spend time together. Um, and I pointed out that like Eric didn't have a lot to do last episode, so I'm really glad that he gets a storyline in this episode. I was a little hesitant on Eric's storyline, but it wasn't until he had an interaction with Feeney that I thought, oh, okay, no, he's going to be great in this episode. And you know, as much as I gave you a point for the spoiler, I'm not going to lie, you're right. When when Eric is put up against Feeney is when he shines, but we're not and I'm quite not there saying yet. that to, to jump ahead. I'm just simply saying that in at, at this point in the episode, I didn't feel that Eric's storyline was going to be anything exciting. It just didn't happen for me yet. It just yeah. took a little, a little yeah. while. It, because it's very older brother sitcom storyline. Um, sure. We kind of see where it's going to play out. But then we hear a horn that's playing La Cucaracha. And, <laughs> yeah. This, this, I feel like I've only seen this on TV. Yes. Has anyone ever heard a horn play La Cucaracha? I haven't. And it's like, a where is this from? Where does everyone... Was this like a big thing in the 90s? Did everyone have a horn? What does it mean? I know it's supposed to like symbolize like a tacky person. Is that what it is? Because I feel like I've only seen tacky people have it on television. Tacky or eccentric or like someone who... Yeah, but I think that's like, that's the TV trope. That this person is out there like, like uncle joey would have la cucaracha on his car exactly these are unconventional people that's what yeah. what we know but that's a good thank you for pointing that out it's a very big trope and i want to i want to know if there's like a word for that trope. yeah i don't know where the origin of it comes from because again i i feel like i've never heard this in real life so <laughs> for it to have developed a stereotype is fascinating yeah very very much so um we hear that horn playing and eric screams and runs towards the door morgan is excited and amy seems nervous and alan doesn't seem pleased which these are all very like small reactions but you can kind of this kind of sets up what what's coming next sure um, sure and enter grandma played by rue mcclanahan mcclanahan sorry um who uh, of course, played Blanche on the Golden Girls. Exactly. Like, I literally, you may not love this episode, but I had just watched Golden Girls the night before, and I literally screamed. I was so excited. <laughs> I was so no, happy. No, don't, she is, she is great, like, in everything she does. Um, she is, and this is actually, it's a different character from Blanche, which, you know, I think, like, the show had just ended around this time. It so did. Like, the Golden Girls ended in ninety. Two, and then there was like a one-year spinoff that they had in the Golden Palace, yeah. And then uh, this was that fall, so she really just had never left television. Since yeah, Girls. and she, but she does so great in this role. I love her. Um, and the show itself was ahead of its time, so I'm just like a huge fan. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so yeah. Anyway, this is Alan's mom. Who <laughs> you pointed out? This was my note. This is Alan's mom. Yeah. We never see her again after uh-huh. this episode. Never even spoken of. Uh-huh. She's dead? Question I, mark? I don't know if... Uh, here's the thing. Based on the ending of this episode, that could go either way. Because the whole point of this character is that is she... She's she, free-spirited. Yeah, she's flaky. Yeah, she's so the super fact shady. We never see her again kind of just fits with her character. It's just like, a. this isn't someone you expect to be around. She's not going to be there for the large moments because she uh, she can't be. I I don't know. I feel like when gra- uh, when a grandma disappears, it's, it's usually <laughs> six feet under. I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's, do that's you the not, first place my mind went. Do, do, have you not heard of, like, distant relatives, dude? <laughs> no, but again, like, we're meeting a family member who's, like, grandma. Everyone knows grandma. She's always around bringing gifts. And then she's just not around again for, like, seven years. But my whole thing is she's not always around. The whole pur- purpose of this um this entry even is that she she has a we learned that she has a Winnebago and she just came from Tijuana. She and does so, a lot of traveling, yeah. yeah but she's, she's just they make it seem as if she's constantly just popping by with gifts for people. Yeah, but they also make it they make a note to say that she dropped by unannounced. She which means we didn't like, yeah. And she's just not someone who, oh, you're gonna see her for Christmas every year. She's the type of person where it's just like a, 
I think Alan gets a call every three months to let him know that she's still alive. <laughs> well, I can give you an accurate answer. It seems as if she never talks to the family again. <laughs> Based on just what we see of the family for the next seven years, there's no other interaction. So okay, I'm assuming there fair. was some disconnect. There. There's fair. All right. So um, she starts handing out gifts, which you pointed out. And she gave Morgan a shrunken head. Cool grandma. Cool and grandma. She, she gave Eric a bull whip. And I love this line because she goes, I had the bull master to go with it, but he slipped out of the handcuffs in Juarez. I was like, yo, this is like, Nana. Yo, grandma, get it. This, this was a little blanchy. That was a little blanch. That was, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> All right, but then enter Corey, and we learned that he heard La Cucaracha from down the street. And that's kind of like a running gag is that that sure, horn was that, so loud. What a big old horn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but he asked her, how long are you staying this time? Which, again, kind of shows that she's not a consistent uh, presence in his life. And she says just the weekend. But even the way she says that, it's kind of yeah, yeah, she Yeah, she, she seems like she doesn't want to make any firm promises. But she then goes on to make promises to all of the kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Immediately, immediately after that. She's like, uh, just the weekend. She kind of says so hesitantly. But then she's like, cancel all your plans. Um, she's going to take Morgan shopping and Eric to our car show. And this is when we get Corey's gift, which is his new baseball card signed by Cal Ripken. Um, I'm not a baseball person. So, it, CJ, explain to me who Cal Ripken is. All right. So, yeah, for context, Cal, Rip, Cal Ripken was a huge baseball star at the time. Uh, he had played for the Orioles. In 91, he had uh, a career year. Um, he was the all-star player of the year and MVP. In 92, he signed a five-year contract for $30.5 million, which at the time... at $30 million to throw a ball around? $30.5 million to be released over the next five years. And that was the largest contract at the time he signed it. All right, so, okay. So this is like the 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 MJ of baseball. Yeah, yeah, like that's what I was gonna say. Like the MJ of baseball, uh, or for people who are listening now, the LeBron of <laughs> baseball. Please don't don't compare the two. Let's not be those. I mean, wait, 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 wait. We we are not gonna get into this, but you cannot say that LeBron is not currently the most famous base basketball star. I, I, I. Ha- <laughs> he's famous he's famous you know what he's famous you know what? i'll say that we, we we do not have time to go into that but that's funny i like i didn't i never knew you felt that way interesting it's 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 not that i'm not a fan i just the comparison bothers me that's all the, we, oh, this is so hard because i have things to say but instead i'm gonna move forward um and then all right so she has this little line about how'd you get it and she goes i shot a man in reno or I bought it at a swap meet for $7. You decide. Um, and she she kind of says that she's going to take him to go get it signed. And the good. moment she said that, I was like, she's not going to do that. <laughs> like, it just seemed obvious that this was just a promise that just had no way of just, no, that's not going to happen. So I'm with you where it's like, a, you're like, a, oh, this is a pretty big promise. But at the exact same time, I'm naive because even though it's television and I know she's not going to follow through on this, I believe that she wants to. I believe that she intends to. You know what I mean? For for Corey, we know this. Baseball is his first love. Yes. we've It's been established in every single episode that we've seen. There's we are seven episodes reference. in deep. Yep. They brought in their a baseball card. From the most famous baseball player of that time, yeah, uh, or one of them, one yeah. of the biggest baseball players of the time, um, and she's like, "Hey, let's go meet him." No, <laughs> <laughs> what? But, like, honestly, think about that. Like, hey, we're gonna drive and we're just gonna go say hi to this dude and have him sign some stuff. Like, I, I, uh, I don't. Well, know. yeah, no, you're way. I'm way more gullible, is what I'm. We're learning. <laughs> I'm a trusting person. But like anyway. if I was like, hey, CJ, LeBron's at the mall. Do you want to go, like, see, say what's up with him and take a picture? Be like, what? Well, how long do we need to be there ahead of time? Like, there's things we need to figure out. Like, it's not just like, a, hey, let's go stop by. But, yeah, they talk about the fact that they were going to drive there. There's, like, some long drive that they have to do. Um, it's the drive from Philadelphia to Baltimore. It's not super long, but it's it's a drive. 
Yeah, but see that that in my mind means that she did look up. She knew there was a, a scheduled game and that they were going to go. I don't know. Sure. Like I'm, I don't think that you're wrong. I'm just saying that I originally gave her way more credit um, because the next scene that we have is Eric and Grandma coming back from the car show. Um, Eric has his arm signed by a Lamborghini girl and he's all excited. And we assume that she's already done everything that she was supposed to do with, with Morgan. And, and right off the bat, I'm like immediately like, Oh man, Corey's not going to get this. And it just made (laughs) me feel, it made me feel really salty towards the grandma. Cause I was like, you just gave the other two exactly what they wished were like, like she's basically a genie that was like, okay, here's your wish. Here's your wish. And Hey, I'll get back to you. By the way, peace out. (laughs) I like that you put that up, but that's really funny because she does immediately. She's like, grandma, she's like, I'm beat. And Corey's like, uh, you know, this is like, she's like, yeah, but I still have energy for tomorrow. Well, Corey, no, Corey asked her. And that's when I knew that it wasn't going to happen. Cause Corey's like, you're not going to be too tired for tomorrow. Are you? And she's like, Oh no, no, exactly. Yeah, and and no, honestly, yes. like classic television fashion, she could have died. And like, 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 that's, like the way that setup goes, is like, she could have died in the night and it's just would have, it would have worked. Honestly, well. that would have worked out better for the show. Cause then they would have had to pay her to come back. I mean, that seems to be what happened anyway. <laughs> in a way you're right. Honestly, you know what? Again, we're, we're there's an it. alternative ending to this episode. That's much darker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like one of the really big things about Corey, I'm uh, sorry, Eric having his arm sign is he got it signed by, I want to say this, Grisella Terziana? Can't say it. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. Graziella. 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 That's, Graziella. That's Graziella. Terziana. Uh, which, by the way, I don't know why I spent all that time, but she's just not a real person. I looked for oh, You searched her? You looked her I up. wanted to see. I, well, I actually have a friend who, um, he used to work with Lamborghini, and Lamborghini girls are a thing, and it is a lifestyle. You could get <laughs> a I mean, lifestyle. Like, no, no. Like, seriously, <laughs> being a Lamborghini girl, it's like it's like being an Instagram model only better. <laughs> this is a world I'm completely unfamiliar with. Yeah, I'm HBO. Please make a, a, a mini series <laughs> based on the life of a Lamborghini girl, so I can understand the ins and outs of it. It's actually oh. it's like. It's, I wouldn't say it's really fascinating. It's almost everything you expect it to be. But uh, let's just say if you are a Lamborghini girl, you could be living a really good life. Uh, gun, gun to my head right now. If you ask me the name uh, Lamborghini girl, I would say Graziella Terzina. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think they have names, but that's kind of like the point of them. Like, they, Oh, OK. I didn't know if it was like a Playboy thing where like, oh, you know, you have to post her on the wall and like, you know, no, no, no. And- like they're not. It's not like a Victoria's Secret model uh, where like you would know some of their names. It's more of like a I mean, it's car show girls. You know what I mean? That's what I thought. Cause the, and the fact that they kept calling her by her name seemed weird to me because I just thought that car show girls, and no offense to anyone who is a sh- car show girl, I just thought it was just like they did like a, a casting call for local thoughts to just come out and just like <laughs> pose with cars. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. I didn't know there was anything more than that. But also, let's just be fair. This is a world pre-internet porn. So in my mind... Girl, cars show girls and stuff like this. I feel like they they probably did have a following way more than. This is the closest Eric has gotten to a naked woman, essentially. Yes, (laughs) and again, I would say they were the, especially in the nineties, they were probably the Instagram models of their time. And that's the saddest sentence I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not like I just know for a fact that there are a few people who are Instagram famous (laughs) and they have a following. No, for sure. No disrespect. No, I no disrespect. Yeah, 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 it right. was just a funny sentence. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Eric is in the kitchen and Feeney knocks on the door. And um Eric he kind of asks Eric how Eric would entertain a teenage girl. And then we get into this little thing where you're right. So this is where we get the setup of Eric and Feeney. And Feeney, um sorry, Eric. Does this little thing where he's like, hey, Feeney, you dating a teenage girl? And, like, the the whole crowd laughs. And I was like... The crowd laughs? Well, because... What? Again, wait, wait, wait. It's supposed to be a point that's so ludicrous and Eric clearly knows that he's not. But 
But they set up the joke. They yes. set it up specifically. Feeney says, do you know how to entertain a teenage girl? He doesn't say like, hey, I have a daughter, my, my niece is in. How would I entertain her? He, he he phrases it for the joke. Yeah, and then that's when Eris is like, oh, are you dating a teenage girl? And Feeney's like, not since the Eisenhower administration. Which again, all of this is really fun. But with all the accusations of these old dudes and <laughs> yeah maybe maybe it's ruined that joke for me yeah no, i heard that thing. and i was just like oh why are you even like trying to make that a funny thing yeah that's the thing it's like now and here's the thing i think even last month if i would have watched it it would have been funny but with oh yeah all it's of- <laughs> november 2017 just to throw that out there yeah. for future people. in november 2017 with all the accusations of Everyone, Everyone apparently being, has been filling up girls and like whipping their stuff out. And yeah, who knew? Yeah. So with that in this environment, I was like, oh, that joke just does not hold up right now. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a really inappropriate joke. But I did point out Yeesh. if anything were to ever come out about Feeney, I would literally Gosh, give don't up. even say it out loud, man. Don't even put that into the universe. Like, there are like very break few break my damn heart. Why don't you? Mr. Feeney, Mr. Rogers. Um, you know what? I would actually be better feel better about it if it wasn't william daniels who had the accusation it was mr feeney who had the <laughs> accusation that i feel i could live with a little bit more than actor william daniels you're not wrong you know honestly because oh i just God. need there's certain things where it's like i need this innocence in my life and if anyone were to tell me that those people were not can, good men yeah i would just i would literally give up one life i just wouldn't i wouldn't believe anymore <laughs> can no white shirt stay clean you know <laughs> oh that's a that's a very good way all right so anyway we find out that feeney's niece is visiting for a few days and when he says that it's his niece um what'd you point out pointing out that we're talking about feeney's niece and i'm assuming that this is the daughter of his sister from the pilot episode Correct. the one that's at least uh, I, this is what yeah. I'm assuming because we've constantly heard about his sister. His sister has been mentioned at least two to three times by now. So yeah, I assume- she was also mentioned. She's the one who uh, bought him the the alcohol uh, correct case stand that he doesn't drink from. So also she's um, the one who doesn't show up for dinner in the very first I, episode. I believe he that's his only family. It, it, but now we're introduced to a niece. So yeah, correct. Knows? And. Um, Eric says he can't go because I think at this point in time, it's that classic thing where Eric assumes any niece of Feeney is going to be a reflection of Feeney or like a doppelganger of Feeney of some sort. Yeah, kind of like that thing where like Martin would just put on a wig and be someone else. Like Exactly. That's, that's what you're assuming is you thought I, like Martin. William Daniels put on the Carrie Russell wig <laughs> and was like, hello, I am the niece. Like I, I would have bought it. I'd have been like, yeah, sure, television, TGIF. You course. thought that I thought of Steve Urkel's cousin. Uh, oh, was it Myrtle? Yeah, Myrtle. I thought Myrtle. So yes, yeah, we're, we're, there. Yeah, we're, we're there. Yeah, we're there. Same thing. Same thing. Um, but yeah, I, uh, the, another one of the guys I just want to point out is that I'm sorry, Myrtle Urkel. I can't believe you just <laughs> brought that up to me. <laughs> Feeney is like pointing out that he just wants to know how to entertain her. Um, and Eric's like, yo, like from my experience, if they can't find a senior with a car, they'll settle for a sophomore who's willing to empty his pockets on dinner, the, on a dinner he can't afford, a movie he doesn't want to see, and a door slammed in his face. So, yeah. So well, anyway. I do like how he says that, like, oh, you know, the cornerstone of dating is just movie, dinner, dinner, movie, movie, dinner, because <laughs> accurate. Yeah, yep. that's pretty much. I mean, like, even as like an adult, I don't know you. You're Millennials married. just call it Netflix and chill, but it's the same thing. Oh yeah, that's pretty much. This Netflix and chill. Get some Chinese food. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, we get a new scene, and oh, I, I just wanted to say before we move on, um, uh, that that scene was the first scene I think that we've had an interaction between Feeny and Eric um, together yeah. for the first time. I and immediately they have amazing chemistry. It just seems like um Eric's humor really shines so much in this in this moment. 
his silliness com- combined with uh, Feeney's seriousness is such a perfect marriage of humor of the straight man and the silly man. Um, I don't right. know. I think they work so well together. And right now, you're even at this moment where Eric's just been so vanilla in every single episode. Like the first interaction he has with Feeney, you're like, oh, I want to see more of this guy. And so he just he really brings something out in him. That's that's great. I agree with you that Eric is very great. Um, against Feeney because we've always seen Feeney go against Corey and his little smart addict, smart whips, but Eric's an even older version. And just well, I, what I like about this is that because Eric is not really Feeney's uh, student, he doesn't have to act so intimidated by Feeney the way that Corey does. Corey's always feeling like Feeney's plotting against him. But yeah. Eric's just like, hey, Mr. Feeney, what's up? You you know, I, I'm, I'm silly. I'm a teenager. You know, whatever. He's, he's just he's a neighbor just, to yeah, Eric. Yeah, he's just a neighbor. And then that's a better relationship, I think. Yeah, exactly. That And that's one that works. All right. Anyway, so our next scene, Corey comes downstairs and he asks where Grandma is. She's late. Um, and yeah, and Amy is like, "Hey, do you want to bake like a million cupcakes and muffins today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just kind of waste time. Like, just I have like a thousand boxes of muffin mix. So, like, <laughs> let's just do what we can until Grandma shows up. Let's just keep literally keep baking until the next time we see your Grandma. Exactly. Um, and then with that, Eric comes downstairs, and he's like, just kind of." Trying to ask how long he can go without washing his arm, who still has his signature. And this is when Corey asks, is this going to happen to me? And I like, there's a lot of like foreshadowing of Corey being aware that his brother changed personalities as he got older. And a lot of Corey's interaction with Eric is like, especially in this episode, it's like, is this what's going to happen to me? Will I be Eric in the future? Well, what I like about this um, is that it really shows their kind of disconnect as brothers, too. They're they're not really on the same wavelength in this season or maybe even the next season. It's not until Corey um, has his relationship with Topanga that his relationship with Eric improves, funny enough. Yeah, it was actually um, a little bit earlier in the episode. We didn't point it out, but I did make a note that when Eric is talking about getting the signature from the... Lamborghini girl, Corey says, I feel like we're growing apart. And it's, it's, uh, again, it's a, a little joke about these are two different, they're in the same household, but they are in two different worlds. You know what also seems strange? Um, Corey seems, and again, I don't, I mean, we have that theory of the episodes kind of being shown out of order, but it seems that Corey was completely unaffected by his kiss with Topanga. Like, it doesn't seem like it sparked any kind of interest in girls at all. Like, he had this really kind of, like, big first kiss moment. And, again, it's been nothing but baseball ever since. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of shot out of order. But at the exact same time, I think I think it's supposed to be played that Corey had his first kiss, but it was just – it was – it was without feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe like he a, just wasn't able to appreciate it. I don't know. I just, I, it seemed in that moment that they were kind of playing with this whole idea of like a boy's like first kind of, you know, thing with a girl. And I, it just seemed to work really well. So I get, maybe I'm just impatient to, to get to more of that. I think, A, I think you are impatient. And B, <laughs> I think it also has to deal with the fact that, let's think about it. Like Topanga said it was her first kiss too. So in my mind, Topanga kiss Corey and it's probably way more significant to her Topanga probably really like harps on that moment but for Corey Topanga kissed him so you know what I mean and boys are girls mature faster than boys so I think yeah she's still the weird girl to him I guess that's true she he he did act weird the entire time um also she hasn't been around apparently she hasn't been even in class yeah she's been out sick uh, (laughs) or, or whatever but anyway so this is when Eric says that he has much more on his mind besides girl, but of course, this is all just a setup for when he gets to see Feeney's niece. And I and I'll say this too: this was a really lame joke because he's like, "I have way more on my mind than just girls." And he looks out, sees a girl, and goes, "Girl, girl, girl!" It's a <laughs> lame joke, but Will Friedle is funny. Like he I was like, "You said off. lame." I enjoyed Will Friedle. Yeah, no, he he was able to make that joke work when I felt that. 
the Eric from like episode two, I wouldn't expect that of him. Yeah, but he's just like, girl, girl, pretty girl, pretty girl. And it's just like the way that Eric is. Again, I think it's also because we know where Eric goes. And this is our first little insight into the manic humor that Will Friedle brings to Eric's character. Yeah. His his natural like Jim Carrey esque energy. I love exactly. it. Exactly. But this is Carrie Russell. Um Carrie Russell. Can we just stop and like give a moment of silence to to <laughs> that hair, that beautiful Carrie Russell hair. And she has it back now, but yo, I mean, I don't think anyone got a haircut as big as Felicity's. I mean, like the Rachel was about a haircut, but Felicity getting her hair cut like traumatized a generation. Well, it's funny that you refer to her as Felicity because I actually know her way more from Mickey Mouse Club and Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> you know what, TC? I, I expect nothing less from you. <laughs> but all right, yeah, so Eric goes back. Uh, he's like, he, this needs to be perfect. He, he goes and runs to get Morgan so she can say her little line. And they, they go outside, they say the line, it's rehearsed, and... Um, as as Morgan comes out, she's just like, a, "This is my brother Eric, and he's very shy." And she says it in a very cute way. And Phoenix's like, "You can't be buying this." Um, and she but, totally does. Yeah, she is. She eats the. She eats it up. Yeah, and I like you know it's it's really funny because I think in this moment, especially if you are a teenage girl, this is this is impressive. As an older adult, I'd be like, a, "Oh, dude, you're laying it on thick." But I think this is cute for teenagers. <laughs> all right <laughs> i just love you you're just so much like a i'm in like a romantic comedy-esque way and you're just like a uh, you know let's just i think it. it's kind of creepy if i'm being honest i think it's kind of creepy but i don't have a little sister so whatever i mean you think you it's know. creepy what what makes you think I, it's creepy? because i don't understand what the end goal is exactly that he wants his sister to participate in. He wants his sister to get girls' attention. Again, at least in my mind, like you're right, we live in 2017. This could be a completely different storyline now. But it's if, not even I maybe it's not even that. I guess it's like him using a woman to get another woman that makes it that's weird. Ah, but I feel like again, and this is why I kind of brought it out earlier. It's the same thing as like using a puppy. You know, it's just like a, the guys who like borrow someone's dog and go to the park. I mean, I'm can not- I just say that if Morgan was a puppy, the show would be so much better. <laughs> oh, dude, you know, I kind of don't disagree with you. <laughs> There's no other like honestly, a puppy could be doing everything that Morgan's doing and it would work the same. Oh my same. god, if it was a talking dog that would change the show, but I kind of <gasps> would love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, uh anyway, Morgan says um Morgan also says that Eric is taking her to the carnival today. And I love it because Feeney points out, and you're right, this is where Feeney and Eric get in really good. Feeney points out that uh, Eric's little parrot has learned some new words because he realizes that Eric's plan is going off the rails. Well, what I will say about Morgan is that she is smart. She's oh, yeah. smart for someone her age, but she is smart. So it, it's it's one of those things where you've seen her kind of make these really witty comments in the past to where her coming up with something like that on the spot doesn't seem out of place. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. She's really intelligent. And she even goes, uh, would you like to come with us? And so Morgan's found a way to get what she wants and get Eric what he wants. And well, Morgan's kind of a great wingman, right? Yeah, this is what I'm saying. So you were like all against Morgan being. Yo, you know what? I, I maybe up until this episode I felt like she didn't really serve a purpose, but you're right. Like almost immediately I was proven wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um and we get this little bit between Eric where he invites Jessica and she says that she'll only go if her uncle Feeney approves, and Feeney says it would be polite if he extended an invitation to the uncle. Uh which of course Eric doesn't want to do, but he does and I actually think it's really funny the way he asks because he does that thing where he talks while smiling. And yeah. he, I don't know. He does a, a really funny. Uh, uh, he's really great. At it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Will Fernell is great in this episode. He's great in this episode. And I will say that this interaction, we, we kind of skipped over it. But when Eric first went, he jumped, he hopped over the fence. 
He yeah. hopped over the fence, uh, literally, and was like, hey, Mr. Freeney, can I help you with anything? And it's just like a- And his physical comedy is so great. And obviously, we learn that later on, but like, now I'm like, yo, let's get more of that physical comedy in this, because that's where he's, he's shining. Yeah, exactly. All right. So after they go off to the carnival, uh, we get back to the kitchen and Amy and Corey are surrounded by muffins. Uh, they've clearly been baking. What do you mean by surrounded by muffins? Do you I mean, mean that there's a comical amount of muffins <laughs> yeah, on like, every surface of the kitchen? I wrote this note and I was like, is there like a bake sale coming up or something? Because otherwise you were wasting food. If you're not giving these to like a homeless shelter or selling them for a dollar a buck, then what this- was Amy's? end game and just having them cook like a thousand muffins it just it it i don't know what she was thinking (laughs) this is my whole point it's just like there's no reason for him to be baking this many muffins y'all couldn't switch it up to uh like a casserole or something make dinner my beef with this is that amy's like you know what grandma didn't show up amy's like i'm gonna distract Corey with this muffin stuff because i know how much she loves to bake um, so it will distract him from the grandma coming. Why doesn't Amy just take Corey to get the baseball card signed? Why Why are good. they doing this? That's, I mean, you're right. Actually, Eric has Morgan. There's no reason why. But do you think it's like she just... Alan's on in a, on, a, on a camping trip with Sean right now. Fishing or, trip. He's fishing. Yeah. Yeah, so, so there's it's only her and Corey. Why doesn't she take him? That's a very good question. Also, why did the grandma leave at all? She was there yesterday. <laughs> Why didn't she spend the night? I mean, Even Winnebago, she would uh, jump at the chance to take a hot shower. Like, it doesn't make sense for her to have is, left at all. You are right on this. Uh, the, and this I is where be, the episode falls for this me, is where, by the This way. is where it falls. No, you're not wrong. This is where I think you could really pull at the strings of this episode. Because there are lots of things that just don't make sense. And I didn't think about the fact that Amy could have just taken Corey. But she definitely could have. Yeah, and just this whole thing of just like, where's grandma? Where's grandma? I was like, yeah, where is she? Because there's no reason for her to have left to begin with. I don't know. There's just at this moment is where the questions start coming up. Yeah. Well, Corey goes, is she lost? Um, Which it's like, there again, there's several things we could have gone. If they would have killed off grandma, that would have even made some sense. Which, you know I mean? in the alternative storyline that we've created, <laughs> grandma does die at this point, and then Corey learns a hard lesson about death. You know, honestly, that would have been like a good thing. But I think, you know, I think the lesson we learned from this isn't bad. But I mean, it's the alternative ending, guys. Yeah, yes. we're not there yet. All right. So Corey says that like they should call the police. Uh, and then Amy is like, she's known his grandmother for a while and he should, he should know something about her right now. Uh, and then this is when Corey goes, he knows that she would not show up unless she had a good reason. But then at the, as soon as he says that he goes, she's not coming, is she? Um, and yeah, this is like, what do you even make of that scene? It's like a, those are two conflicting sentences. It's like a, do you think he said that? And then he, the the grandmother's a conflicting character. Like she doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know this whole, because there's so many sloppy holes and like, I don't know why she's not there to begin with. She doesn't even give a reason later on. Yeah. And you know, I think, I think if we're looking at it from a story point of view, um, you're right. But I also think that I know people like this in life. So I just was like, oh, yeah, this totally – this grandmother makes sense. This storyline makes sense. Well, um, and I, I do think it's it's charming the way Corey doesn't want to think badly about his grandma. He's like, you know what? I know that if she didn't come, it was for a very good reason because grandma loves me and, you know, all those things. And even though he wants to kind of say this and, and believe that she's going to show up, I mean, after so many muffins, you have to think <laughs> – this lady's gone. Like. <laughs> exactly. Well, he does. He just is like, she's not coming, is she? And he's kind of sad. But in the next scene, um, he was like, I don't even care about the road trip anymore. Um, and Amy suggests that he calls Sean. And this is when Sean calls. So she does decide to like take Sean and Corey bowling. She's like, all right, we've waited around long enough. Uh, let's do something else. And when Corey does call Sean, Sean's mother answers, which means she's still there. And, Not related uh, to mom either. We later find out. <laughs> you know what? Sorry. Boiler jar. I'll put it in the jar. I'll put it in the jar. 
That is two. You got two in an episode. Dude. I know. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> Dawn is uh off fishing with Alan, which I was gonna point out that I thought it was great that Alan was taking Sean anyway on a fishing trip in the beginning, and now we see that even though Corey's plans changed, Alan stayed true to his promise to Sean. And again, also begs the question, where's Sean's dad? Yeah, we've heard a lot about Sean's mom uh, over the last couple of episodes. But Sean's dad's just, I mean, we haven't heard much, but they are kind of laying the groundwork because, uh, yeah, this isn't a father-son trip with Sean's dad as well. Alan took uh, Sean on this fishing trip. And you know what's interesting? I think that what that's what makes Sean the best friend more than anything else we've seen thus far is even within their interactions with each other or at school – the fact that Sean went with Alan makes me believe, oh, Sean grew up with Corey. Yeah. And Alan thinks of him just like a son. Like, that's, right. that's the vibe I got, which maybe is what they wanted. Um, yeah. I don't know. I thought, it, I thought it worked. I didn't really question it too much. It's one of those things where it's like uh, it kind of puts Corey's uh, actions into perspective. He bailed on Alan without thinking twice. So I think he kind of understands that, yeah, something happened with his grandmother and she, you know, she may have forgotten, but it wasn't intentional. And then from there, we get the scene of him hanging out in the treehouse, and we all get to see Eric and Morgan come back from the carnival uh, with Jessica, of course, played by Felicity. Um, and we can tell at this point in time, Morgan's gone full rogue. She's using her powers for nothing but self-interest. Which it I seems found. like she she's just been annoying Eric and spending every dollar he has all day long. They said that they played skee ball for four hours so he could get a stuffed giraffe. I'm like, no. Four the hours? answer to that is no. <laughs> yeah, that's not even like like you're just wasting our day at that point. Exactly. Like you're not impressing anyone. Exactly. But he thought that he was impressing her. And yo, if Carrie uh, Russell legit watched this douchebag play uh, <laughs> this game for four hours and was still like, "Yo, let's go make out." Yo, marry that girl. What are you yeah. even doing? Well, she says you could tell a lot about a guy by the way he treats his sister. Um, you know, which which I think is really. You know, she's. I can't believe she's falling for this. Honestly, like think, it, to me, it it seems like she must be really into Eric. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I was like. She's not falling for this. Eric's cute. Eric is a cute boy, and she's with her uncle, and this is, gets her out of the house. So I think she's just she's just down to make. I'm out sure she's as glad to not be hanging out with Feeny in his like you know garden or whatever she would be doing. Exactly, Feeny. Yeah, when we meet her, she was getting a tour of Feeny's garden. She is really happy to spend the rest of her day with Eric. And again, Eric's not bad looking. He like oh no no no, no. Eric's a very good looking uh, young man in this season. I I I mean he, I can see why there's the attraction there. Um, exactly. But that why doesn't he have the confidence to go along with that is the question because it, he thinks of himself and treats himself as if he's this nerd. And obviously he doesn't appear that way. Well, I think he's just like an everyman. Like, I think he's kind of like Corey, but like, again, older, where he's like, he's not the most popular kid in school. Um, but he's, he's celery. Not, he's not, yeah, he's celery. <laughs> he's celery. Got it. He's celery, yeah. <laughs> but so when you, I mean, again, Heather from last week was like amazing. And we get Heather who? Uh, you mean Nick Heather Cox? who at this point? Oh, yeah, yeah. Heather's gone. We heard of Heather's name in multiple episodes, and then all of a sudden, Feeney has a niece, and it's like, yo, forget Heather. Let me see what's going on with this chick. But you pointed out the last episode that Heather kind of was, like, treated really badly. Um, yeah, I didn't like the way Eric was with Heather. You know what? She probably wasn't the one. I was going to say, neither did Heather. She moved on. Better pastures. Good for her. Yeah, That's good for you, Heather. Heather. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway she she points out that uh sorry eric's like she's adorable and uh this is when jessica's like she's not the only one and uh we get a a little lip action yeah they they make out and um is morgan there at this point i don't remember no they they sent morgan away i don't know she had a giraffe she's fine Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but this is the point. Like, Kind of what we were saying, she goes, um, I didn't know I didn't have to work so hard. And she said, who said you had to work at all? Which, again, points out that. Yo, she is DTF. Oh, she yeah, she was that one. trying to get it. <laughs> and when um, she said that, I was just like, 
oh, then why did you even go along with this whole day? You could have had a completely different afternoon. If but I think, was, we, your I think we kind of solved it earlier in our conversation by being like, she wanted to get out of Feeney's house. Like, again, it's like, a, what other excuse? Yeah. Eric came over and gave her a perfect excuse of leaving. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, and then she was also, oh, no, 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 I guess Feeney was the one who said you should invite me because she didn't say you should invite Feeney. Invite yeah, no, no. Michael. She was like, I can only do it if Feeney says I should do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Exactly. So anyway, Alan returns with Sean and uh, they've officially killed the mood after Eric gets a little lip action. And this is when Corey also says that he was in the treehouse and saw it. And he's been up there long enough to see them swap spit with a Feeney. Which I thought was just a real harsh thing to say. Like, Jesus, like, this this guy's your neighbor. Like, he's super kind. Like, yeah, yeah. He, Corey's, like, 11, remember. He's, like, 11, 13 at this this point in time. To him, girls are still icky, and she's still a feeny. Swap spit with a feeny. <laughs> you, you pointed out that, according to Corey, feeny's, like, always trying, like, scheming against Corey in his mind. I guess so. It's like kind of like uh, sleeping with the enemy. Exactly. It's, exactly. It's, more, it's, more of it. it's not so much that she's gross. It's just that she's uh, a Montague. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, she says goodnight to all the boys, and all the boys are like enchanted by Jessica, and they're just like, ah. Oh. Even Alan, which was I did not like. You know, I don't. I'm not condoning again after everything that's been out this year i am not condoning did you feel it. that at all or is it just me maybe i'm just being really sensitive because of the news and everything again but like i said that at all when alan was like mm, to carrie russell i was like i really? think it's something to where we just pointed out that Al, that eric is a very attractive young boy and there's no denying that felicity is a very attractive young woman if alan had like asked him how it was and like been a little bit more creepy than i'd be on your team but i feel like alan's just like he's i don't think that alan. alan's a bad guy i just thought it was a weird comment for him to make i was just like oh what alan i mean i don't know we're clouded by the news like everything yeah, is yeah. Just like, sorry guys sorry. yeah <laughs> it's, it's been a tough month guys <laughs> it's been a tough year <laughs> uh yeah he goes uh why are you back Alan points out that Corey should should be with his grandmother, and Corey points out that she never showed up. Um, oh, she's dead. Yeah, <laughs> and they enter the kitchen, and Alan tells their, uh, you know, he's like, she's my own mother. I know what this is like. Um, it's like, and Corey's like, what? He's like, pick a category, and then that's when they pick rocket ships. And Alan goes into this little thing about how. His mom forgot the permission slip and he wasn't able to go on this trip that everyone was going to. But to make it up uh, to him, she put him in a car in the middle of the night and drove to Cape Canaveral. To watch, I believe it was a, like one of the first launches. Was yeah, that, exactly. Like the first launch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what uh, he says. This is kind of like the space station, or I, I don't, I don't remember the exact one, but this is like a huge deal. No one else uh, in his class is even there. Well, what he says is he's like, you know, your my, your grandma shows love in a lot of other different ways, and you know, this is how she she did this for me, and I remember in that moment feeling so much love for my for my mom because while. Everyone else in America was watching their television sets, and I was there, and I was watching The Rocket. You know, my mom was watching me, and I knew at that moment that she loves me. She just loves me in her own way. Yeah, exactly. Um, very similar, as you pointed out, to uh, Alan waking Corey up for the no-hitter. You know, yeah, it was like episode three or whatever that was. Yeah, exactly. So it's like uh, learning the different languages of love. Um, and the different well, and it, I, it's interesting because they have that scene in a few episodes earlier where Alan essentially does the same thing. It kind of makes it seem really consistent. Like, oh, Alan learned this love language from his mom because that was her love language. And Corey's learning about different love languages. And it's just a really like advanced kind of high level idea to put into a kid show yeah no honestly i mean the thing about boy meets world it's it's all about those high concepts <laughs> but uh um, simplifying them and making them so that kids can understand them absolutely that's why the show is we're still talking about it exactly um but that leads us to grandma showing up and she she hear this is the thing that i will say it's like a we hear the luke cucaracha and then like seconds later 
she's at the back door. And I was like, what, like, what kind of voodoo magic is it where you honk your car and then immediately she is like a genie in that goon? Well, evidently she parked in Feeney's lawn. So that's why she was able to be at the door so fast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and she was like, she has an excuse. She does have an excuse, but we don't get to hear it because Corey's like, you know what? Save it. It's fine. Um, I would, I would honestly, as the viewer, really would like to have heard what the excuse was <laughs> for why she was there yesterday up until at least dinner time, and then just vanished. Exactly. But then Eric, before that could even happen, Eric runs in and he's like, "If anyone asks, I've been in my room for the last twenty minutes." What uh, was he doing in his room for twenty minutes? I think the, a he wasn't in his room. That's kind of like the whole thing. He wasn't. He was. Oh, I know. He was. He was with Felicity. I was just. I'm. Uh, you know what? You do you, Eric. Get yours again. They are making out. They're teenagers. What would you? I, not necessarily what I would do now in twenty minutes. But I think teenagers. They. You know, a little, a little makeout action. I guess. I guess. You know what? Watching this as an adult really kind of just changes my perspective because these are babies. Oh yeah, they're like children. Eric be saying that he's a sophomore. I'm just like. Wow, like that think about how young that is. Like that is. at the time you feel like you're an adult, but like I'm I'm 30 or about to turn 30 and I'm watching this and I'm just like look at this kid like train his sister to get him some girls like I, I like what? Like I don't know. It's just exactly. so weird now. But see, I I agree with you, but I'm able to remember what it was like at that time. And you're right. You think you're an adult, you think that you understand what you're doing. Um, and it's for me, I know for a lot of other people, it wasn't, but for me, it was very innocent, but you thought you were doing wrong things. You know what I mean? And it definitely like, yeah, yeah. Well, that seems to be the case with, with all the kids on the show. Like no one ever does anything with any kind of malice. It's all, uh, you know, innocent intentions. Yeah. Um, but from there, from there, Feeney comes in and kind of points out that he would like, uh, Alan to keep his children on his side of the fence. <laughs> and we got yeah. like a, a hint of where Eric was and why he, he came in and needed an alibi, uh, which, of course, Alan gives. And Bernice, sorry, Bernice kind of comes up and says that she can completely validate for Eric. And Bernice like, is the name of the grandmother, which yeah. I don't think we've said before. I just want to make that clear for the our listeners. Yeah, exactly. Grandma. And then that's when Feeney's like, uh, you just showed up. Like five minutes ago. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was a, a pretty natural solution to have those two have some interaction at some point because yeah. her sass combined with his manners, I it just seems like there's a there's natural humor there. I honestly will say I wanted to see more of that. Like I yeah. I was expecting and I would have loved to see a storyline of like Feeney and Grandma dating or like something like Do you, that. I don't know if you- remember that not to go off <laughs> that episode of like fresh prince where they try to hook up the grandma with like some butler that was like down the street or something like that's what i kind of thought like would happen in like three episodes from now like grandma would come back and there would be like this situation where they try to set her up with feeny and that they're they don't work but somehow they do work and it's comedic and yeah you know, yeah because of it. yeah like this there's a little scene where Corey's like don't you just love her because, yeah, wait, first of all, Corey's like, not Corey, Feeney's like, who is that woman? Like, who is she? <laughs> Which, yeah. again, a very good point to make because they've had no interaction and she's never around. And that's when Corey says that she's my grandmother and uh, don't you just love her? And Feeney's like, you know what? I don't because she's, no. she's going Which, to- again, sets up a pretty great little romantic storyline. Exactly. The them. Missed opportunity. Uh, again, with nice. all the fan fiction we're writing, I, you know, I think we have a, a few more seasons we could crank out of this. Well, I mean, in my version, the grandma didn't survive. <laughs> the night so <laughs> a different storyline there but all right and that is our episode now i will say um a few things one we get a little epilogue and it's cory and sean are up in his room and cory says that his grand he shows sean the cow ripkin card and is like oh yeah my grandmother got it for like seven dollars and sean's like no this card is easily worth 150 dollars which brings us back to, she also said that she shot a man in Reno, and Sean's like, 
is that like who do you believe? Which which is true? I a hundred percent believe that Corey's grandmother is capable of murder. That's the only reason that explains that she can just vanish for hours at the time and not give people any explanations as to where she was. She's creating alibis. <laughs> that's all she's doing. And that's the whole thing. It's like it kind of leaves it up in the air for us. And it's just it's really funny because yeah, I don't know based on everything we know and learn about. If- if there were a D storyline that followed the grandmother's day of what happened, I'm sure it'd be like a Breaking Bad episode. Just like all these crazy things happened. She does have the Winnebago. She has it. <laughs> Grandma was making meth. She just, you know, all these things pan out. They really do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, otherwise, well, how would she get her hand on all these like random objects? Honestly, when you deal with drugs, you get into a lot of knickknacks. I don't I know. I love this theory that grandma was going full Breaking Bad in her trailer. We never see the inside of this Winnebago. So it's completely. Yep. She was in. She how was did she in, afford any of this? She was in Mexico not too long ago. Grandma was. Yep. Grandma's. Yep. Out there breaking it, it adds up, guys. <laughs> it adds up. <laughs> I like it. So, anyway, that was our episode. And now on to our Feeny Taught Me. Uh, did anyone learn anything in this episode other than yes. that the grandma kind of sucks sometimes and it's still love? All like, right, that's, so that's it. My lesson from this episode, and I don't, I think it's we we talked about it a little bit, which is that uh, there are different ways of showing love and. People can love you and not be reliable. Um, that's kind of like, because again, it's not just with the grandma. Corey bails on Alan um, and they, they, we get that kind of reflection uh, in his behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the lesson. It's not a very good lesson. I I, I guess it's not a feel good lesson, but I guess it's a lesson that you have to learn at some point. Yeah. Um, I think I it's my thing was, is that it really felt like, Corey's storyline with the grandma wasn't even the main storyline of this episode like the episode concludes really when Eric comes back with the date so that's that's what makes me feel as if yeah you you wrote and I I kind of uh can see it you were like is Corey's storyline even the B storyline and based on everything that we have I would I think you could argue that Eric is given more prominence in this episode well, yeah, this, it just seems like Eric, um, he is the one who's having more interactions. He's the one who's having all of the comedic scenes. It seems like Corey is just the filler in between the story that's going on with Eric. Because Corey's story isn't really a story. It's just waiting around. That's true. And then also, Eric is the one who actually uh, gets to see Grandma first. He has, I think Eric is the star of this episode. Both in yeah. Both. So again, when it comes to the lesson of just like what what did Feeney teach me or who who taught what lesson, I I'm really kind of confused. Yeah, it could be that you know love has these different languages, but I mean, he, he, you know what? I'll take it back. Corey does learn that because at the end he's like, you know what, Grandma, it's fine. I know you love me. It doesn't matter. So that is something that Corey learns. I'll take I will that say. And I'm just pulling at straws here, but they did Corey learning this lesson kind of like they did with Alan and the grocery store. And it was just that Corey just accepts it. You know, once Corey's learned the lesson or he's kind of seen a parallel and the person comes back, the adult comes back and wants to apologize. Corey's like, you're fine. Don't even worry about it. I got it. I got what I was supposed to learn from it. Just do do you, boy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, know, let's just move on to the grading because I guess that's where a lot of my comments are going to come out. All right. So what grade did you give this episode? Yo, I gave this episode a D and I stand by it. And I know you disagree. I I totally disagree. Oh, man. Totally disagree. All right. Let's talk about this. Let's talk it out. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. My problems with these episodes are threefold. One, the grandma disappears for no reason. Yes. Two, Amy could have solved all of this just by being a better mom. <laughs> and three, I felt like Corey's storyline was super weak and didn't really I don't know. I just I felt like this episode was just kind of sloppy all in all. But again, it's not that it's a bad episode. It's just of the Boy Meets World, you know, universe. This is definitely like like if we were to li- like literally list all these episodes from one to however many they have this would definitely be in like 
the first chunk, right? Like it wouldn't be Dude, in that episode. Do you that... not remember Killer Bees? Like, do you well, not remember? That's Killer what Bees? I mean. Like, it's it was better than Killer Bees, but yeah, like by like that this much maybe. No, like, I, don't, I disagree. Uh... I mean, but all right, maybe... tell me, tell me why you disagree. I'm going I, off. I... Of, I'm going off chemistry. I'm going off of the fact that. Eric really shines in this episode. If you're going off of just Corey's storyline, yeah, this episode doesn't do that great. But Eric... What are, what are you grading this episode? Oh, I have a B for this episode. A B? A B. A B? <laughs> but again... What, again. Is an, what is an A to you? <laughs> well, we've... Topanga. The Topanga episode is an A to me. Because, like... Bruh. But no, no, no. But here's the thing. I completely see your point. I just don't think it's worth a D. To me, Killer B was a D. And I would, I would, I would, like a, I would maybe like, I could settle for a C. C. Yeah, let's, let's compromise. compromise and say C. Because, <laughs> like A, like I think of like Topanga. I think and then there was Sean, Long Walk to Pittsburgh. Like those are A episodes. To put this as a B episode, I'm like, whoa, there's tons of middle ground between the, those but episodes and this this one. is, you want to know why? And this is a classic thing for you and I, is I grade on what we've seen so far. You grade on the entire encyclopedia. I can't forget it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't just forget it. And it's just, and maybe, you're right. Of the episodes we've seen so far, it's just that for us, the way we're doing the grading system is that at, at the end of every season, we're going to give the whole season exactly. a grade. And I'm compare that take season. Back my- grades <laughs> that season's grade to the next season's grade until we can grade all the seasons yeah if we're giving out b's to episodes like this <laughs> that means at hey, the end of it season I'm one could be just as good as season four which I'm is not giving the it case. a b you gave it a d which means it averages out to a c which will completely reflect at the end of the episode and um, you know what i think a c is a fair grade all I right really do think there it's we fair. go for all of you who waited through that with us thank you <laughs> oh man i just yeah i just I, I didn't like this episode as much as i wanted to like it so but know, yeah, take I it mean, for what it's worth. Honestly, and I think I we've definitely shown a light on a lot of the problems. Uh, I would definitely mark it down to a B minus. But as we said, total grade is going to be a C. So mark that down. Thank you guys so much for being patient with us. Mark it down for those who are keeping track of our grading system. Exactly. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you so much for doing this episode with us. We have more episodes coming out. We have more to do make sure you check us out on instagram and facebook and twitter all under bra meets world just type bra meets world in literally any search engine dude we'll yeah pretty up. much you'll find it we're, we're on all of the places um make sure you listen to us on um soundcloud stitcher and itunes uh, you can however you're listening to us now just keep it up <laughs> yeah just do that do some more of that um, keep, keep it up rate us as well by the way and give us feedback we want to hear from you um you can hear more from me at tw- extra siege um that's x-t-r-a-c-e-e-j um on twitter and tz what's going on with you um well um as you all know i have been keeping up with my twitter account anna kendrick retweets are at anna kendrick rt um i do just retweet what she tweets but you know it works um and yeah you know what i I do want to give a shout out plug to danielle fisher's instagram i don't have the handle but you know how to use the search engine (laughs) she's great and she's still like such a ray of sunshine on instagram that i love following her and yeah her insta stories are awesome she's wonderful so yeah go follow go follow danielle all right, you guys, thank you so much. Remember to dream, try, and do good. Later, bro. Dream, try, and do good. Later, bro.